It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flint composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get through right it. Now, the COVID-19 vaccine are available to millions of Americans and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hugger and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people, and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner. We got a good one in store, and no April Fool's jokes. Well, other than seeing snow on the ground when I headed down the hall from the living room to my studio, I was uh, <laughs> a little surprised. It was I was not... I mean, I should have expected it, but I really didn't. It just looked funny to see the cars covered with snow and snow showing on the lawn. I don't think it'll be here long, but anyway. Um, Actually, and this is not an April Fool's joke, we have a couple of uh, interviews scheduled today that we were trying to schedule last month during uh, Women's History Month. Of course, that ended yesterday, but... um, we have coming up in the third half of our three-hour tour um, an interesting uh, conversation with um, oh let's see what what how can I describe this um, well it, the guest is Pamela Burke and she has uh, written a book called Twenty Women Storytellers Taking Action with Powerful Words and Images and and this is not her first. 20 women book she did the uh, her first anthology was 20 women change makers 
taking action around the world. Anyway, should be uh, an interesting conversation. Like I said, we had intended to make that part of Women's History Month, but okay, um, we're a day late and probably a dollar short on my end. Um, also, on that uh, in that theme, one that we had hoped uh, to get done during Women's History Month is a conversation with Kitty Cheney Reed, who uh, talks about, she's from IBM, and she talks about the uh, importance of equality and inclusion for women leaders in corporate America, and IBM did a study about that. She was uh, an author of that study, and anyway, we're going to talk about uh, uh, women in the workplace with uh, Kitty Cheney Reed coming up first hour. In the middle, we're going to talk with, uh, and this has nothing to do with Women's History Month per se, or or even uh, April Fool's Day. Dr. Neil Farber has written a book called, um, let me see if I can find the full title. I know the book is, oh, okay, here it is. It's called Serendipity, Utilizing Common Unexpected Events to Improve Your Life and Career. He's talking about uh, making the most of happy accidents, and that should be a fun conversation with uh, with Neil Farber, M.D., author of uh, Serendipity, and that'll be coming up in the second hour of our three-hour tour. But uh, first, as I mentioned, we're going to talk about women in the workplace with um, Kitty Cheney Reed from IBM. And uh, anyway, so stay tuned. We got we got all kinds of good stuff coming up on today's edition of the Tom Sumner program. And uh, here's uh, Kitty Cheney Reed from IBM. And welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is the Tom Sumner program. My guest this hour is. Um, Vice President of Enterprise Operations at IBM and co-author of IBM's Women Leadership and Missed Opportunities Study. Her name is Kitty Cheney Reed. She joins me by phone. Hi, Kitty. Welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm I'm doing well. I'm heading over for my first uh, vaccine shot today, so I'm all excited about that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, tell me about uh, this study and what kinds of things you were looking for and the things that you subsequently found. Well, um, this was my first opportunity to be a part of one of our um, IBV studies. Um, the IBM for Business uh, Value headed up actually launching this survey. We surveyed about 2,600 um, participants. That's a pretty good-sized sampling. Yeah, it was. It was. We worked hard to make sure we got a strong sampling. Um, And one of the really exciting things about doing this work is really digging into the data. And I think we found something that was a little bit surprising, uh, which was we haven't made as much progress as we would have expected. 
Um, and there are a lot of factors associated with that, but the one that stands out most is the COVID-19 pandemic and the impact of the pandemic on women, uh, especially working women. Um, you, know, you know, it's it's interesting. To- it's interesting that you mention the uh, the pandemic because, you know, for over a year now, we've been talking about the people who've been knocked out of work and how many of them may not be returning post-pandemic. Are they disproportionately women? They are. Um, we are finding that women in particular are leaving the workplace um, at a faster pace than men for a number of reasons. I think um, mainly because of the need to balance professional requirements with childcare requirements and really having to work that second shift after, after they do their day job. Well, and uh, there's know, homeschooling and child yes. care and, um, you know, and then trying to, to hold down a job, too. Um, very often the lion's share of those duties fall on women. Uh, yes, they do. Um, and I think we have done a good job of highlighting that in the study, but we've also done a good job of, I think giving companies a playbook for how they can combat some of those challenges. Um, And, yeah, I think one of the things that stands out for me in terms of especially how IBM has stepped up during the pandemic is really bringing empathy into the workplace, Um, having that... um, that leadership style that allows us to really be empathetic to the challenges of women, especially, but men and women, um, in terms of how they balance their work. You know, we were talking right before we got started about background noise and about, you know, the ability to work remotely, but having to, to really balance all of the things that are happening in the background. Uh, but for me and for IBMers, I think we've just um, pulled out a big dose of empathy and allowed people, you know, not to be perfect during this time. Uh, and, and I think what we found is that it drives stronger performance and we've been able to, to really make some headway in supporting women during this very critical time. How does... IBM fair with regard to um, putting women in leadership roles? And were there some lessons learned for IBM as well from this study? Absolutely. Um, I mean, sometimes a study like this can be, you know, a a look in the mirror. Yeah, it always is, right? It's always an opportunity to look in the mirror. You have to, you know, clean up your own house before you can go out and talk to people about what they need to do. Uh, We made some strong headways. We've made strong headways over the last three years in terms of putting women in leadership roles. And we've been able to sustain that position 
during the pandemic. So of that, I'm very proud. We've uh, we've we've not only made headway, um, you know, consistently year over year for the last three years, but we've also, um, like I said, maintained our footing and and moved women forward in the workplace. And we put things in place like programs and benefits that allow our employees four additional weeks of flexible paid emergency leave that they can use in hours and days and months, however they see fit to be able to to really balance home and work during this critical time. And I think the other thing that we've we've done is we've spotlighted our women. You know, we've and and not just in the US but globally, we've honored more than forty professionals from nineteen countries with our annual Women Leaders in Artificial Intelligence program. Uh, women in technology is, um, is something we need to continue to make progress in. And lastly, I'll just focus on this whole aspect of, of mentoring. Um, we at IBM have strong mentoring programs where we are really pairing our female executives up with uh, male allies uh, and female allies um, to, to help them to grow and empower them as women and to help grow their skills and prepare them for those next roles. And I assume that that's one of the things that, that IBM does that maybe sets it apart from some other businesses. But what are what are some of the other things? And and how do you go about telling other businesses, hey, you're doing it wrong? <laughs> so we try not to say you're doing it wrong. Well, I, we you know, <laughs> I like to cut right to the to chase, Kitty. Well, I like that. I like that. If you, if you knew me, you'd know that's really my style. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, giving people that playbook um, – and sharing best practices with other companies has been our approach. That's one of the reasons we published this study. And you'll find in the study we, we actually give people, you know, five or so things they can do to really move their companies forward when it comes to um, being first movers and setting the pace for, for diversity and inclusion. You know, one of the big things we we espouse, and um, really, I would say my biggest contribution to this study has been creating a culture of intention. You know, it's only when you set out to do a thing and you and you really commit to it that you can make a difference. And in this case, I think it's so important to insist on making room for women. So being inclusive and empathetic uh, towards your employees, empowering women, asking each and every time you have a big issue, whose perspective are we missing? More with Kitty Cheney-Reed 
from IBM straight ahead. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, You should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Biden from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Annan. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You know, you've always got great questions and you know the material and you, and you care about it and it's, uh, it's, that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I'm willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses. 
and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with Kitty Cheney-Reed from IBM straight ahead. A lot of big companies like IBM tend to have historically tended to play their cards very close to the chest. Um, how did IBM come to the conclusion that that it was good business to set examples and to share those examples? Um, that's a great question. I think transparency has been... Um, I've been with IBM for almost four years. On the 29th of this month, it'll be four years. And in the four years that I've been there, I've seen this push for transparency in all things, but especially in issues related to diversity and inclusion. And um, in doing these kinds of studies, we uncover um, more and more how critical it is to set the pace and to be public about the things that we are passionate about Um, because we don't only want to be a good company uh, to work for and a profitable company and a growing company, but we want to be a company that um, is revered by citizens of the world and people um, look to us to set the example. And so we do. Um, and I'm very proud of that. I'm proud of the transparency. I'm, I'm proud of the commitment to make the world a better place. Um, and it's it's not just things like these. Um, you know, there are other things we're, we're doing. But diversity and inclusion has been at the cornerstone of IBM's existence since the 1950s. Um, so... This has been an area where we've been extremely public about, um, you know, our commitment um, to, to create a diverse inc- and inclusive workforce. Are good practices good business? Yes, I think so. So the the, the company feels like it it is not only doing the right thing for society, but doing the right thing for IBM because um, because they're more in tune with not only their employees but their customers as well. Absolutely. There's definitely a correlation between diverse and inclusive uh, workforces and business results. Um, you, you can read study after study where people talk about um, – professionals in academia, um, you can read those studies about how much more profitable and how much more successful companies are when they have diverse and inclusive workforce, w- workforces and practices. Um, you know, we, we have for a very long time believed and practiced um, diversity and inclusion in the hopes of making the world a better place, but also in the hopes 
of driving the very best business results. You know, our our clients don't are not one dimensional, so we can't be. That's that's a great way of putting it, um, Kitty. You mentioned that at the beginning of our conversation that we're not doing as well as maybe we thought or hoped we were doing with regard to diversity, inclusion, but also putting uh, women in leadership roles. And then you also said that the pandemic has had a disproportionate effect on women. Um, Is that because there weren't as many women in leadership roles as we suspect and, and that when companies downsize because of uh, something like the pandemic, women are the first to go? I can't say that, Tom, but I can say that um, of the women we surveyed, fewer women hold senior vice president and vice president and director and manager roles in 2021 than they did in 2019. And between those two years, the pipeline of women for senior manager and uh, senior vice president roles, for instance, each dropped by five percentage points. Um, And the women that are in the middle stages of their career seem to be most vulnerable to, you know, the pandemic-related job displacements, uh, with those that are aged like 24 to 34 being the hardest hit. Um, You know, those are disturbing statistics, Um, and they certainly caught our attention. Well, it it seems kind of interesting that you would um, actually discover a downward trend in uh, women rising to leadership positions um, in the last couple of years. Do you think a lot of that had to do with the pandemic? Because we've seen on the national political stage huge gains by women in states around the country. Indeed. Um, We even have a a female vice president. Well, see, there you go. I agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I agree with you. Um, But, you know, the numbers don't lie. Um, And I think it really is, and, and this is something we discovered when we, we dug into the data, perhaps there's gender equality fatigue. You know, Oh, that's an interesting thought. Of, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I think over 70% of the organizations we surveyed um, didn't call out gender equality as a top priority. Um only 62% of the women surveyed, which was nine points down from 2019, and, and 60% of the men surveyed, down seven points from 2019, expected their organization to, to really make a significant improvement in gender parity over the next five years. And for me, that was stunning, um, especially given all the focus we, IBM, has, has put on gender equality. That's interesting, um, and, 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 and maybe a little bit like like sorry. issues of racial equality. I, I wonder, you know, when you talk about uh, gender equality fatigue, I, I wonder if there isn't an element, and and perhaps you can speak to this, of uh, you know people thinking, oh, we got this. You know, we've been doing 
great with this and then it stops being a priority and then it starts slipping for lack of attention I think there has to always be a focus on um, diversity and inclusion and equality ever ever vigilant of our organization Um, and I think it's like anything else we have to pay attention to it we have to measure it we have to monitor it we have to nurture it um you know if we were trying to grow revenue as we are um we would be you know generating tons of reports and digging in from an analytics perspective and that's what we're recommending to companies as another uh approach to making sure that it's front and center. And that's really applying technology to it, um, analyzing it. Uh, at, at IBM, we actually use in our performance management and, uh, and, and our compensation approaches um, artificial intelligence. Uh, we do it with our screening of our candidates as well. We use digital tools that help us really make good decisions and bring information to the forefront that we might not be aware of. Um, So I do believe, you know, infusing technology and AI in the entire talent life cycle is another way that companies can keep um, gender equality at the forefront of of their thinking and their decision-making. Our... Programs like that, when you when you f- infuse technology into uh, a decision-making or selection process, um, can can it be intuitive? I mean, is it a good way to get good fits? It's it's one thing to be fair and and uh, you know balanced in in giving opportunity, but what about the X factor? I look at um, technology as one data point. So what happens is you always use your instincts. You always use the instincts of people you trust in making good decisions. But one of the things you don't want to do is ignore a data point. And so where AI steps in is it actually presents you with data that you might not otherwise be aware of. I I have 3,500 employees. I cannot look at all 3,500 employees and all of the dimensions and the data points without some assistance um, to make the best decisions. So in addition to my instincts and the instincts of my team, Um, I rely on data, and I think that's where technology gives us, you know, the upper hand. It's another dimension of of decision-making that I think is, you know, kind of the modern way of of looking at the world. How can employers... um support their their female employees and and reverse this uh, discovered downward trend? So, um, as I mentioned earlier, I think 
one of the things that we can all do is just be more empathetic, really focusing on the needs of women, the specific needs of women, uh, giving them the support they need, training their managers on empathy and warning signs that they need to look for in terms of, you know, COVID fatigue, um, and really supporting grassroots efforts to support women. This past um, this past uh, week, I think I spent four hours of my week joining women's forums to lead and participate in conversations about what it means to be a woman in the workforce and um, and and really the specific challenges associated with being a woman in the workplace. You know, being a mother of, of three boys, they're all grown now, but um, I can certainly relate. Uh, being a wife, uh, being a daughter, there are many, many demands. Um, and, you know, the type of company you work for matters. Working for a company that is committed to respecting boundaries and allowing you to bring your whole self to work is, is critical. The other thing I would say is um, I'll double-click again on the programs and benefits. I would encourage every company to look at how they support women through their, their programs and benefits. Um, to ensure that they're looking at the specific needs of, of women. And sometimes through supporting men, you can support women. So giving men the same option to take time off to support their wives uh, is important. And then um, the mentoring and the recognition of women. Taking the time to really shout out uh, women that are doing stellar things and making sure their perspective is in the room at, and they are at the table. Um, I think, and then continuing to stay in touch with our women. You know, we, we've pulsed women through surveys, internal surveys, many times this year to, to just check in to make certain that we're doing everything we can and that we're not tone deaf to the things that are happening in the world and, and that are impacting women. So I think those are a few things that we can do. In addition to when women are ready, those women that we've lost from the workplace, when they're ready to return, making it easy for them to do so through tech reentry programs or uh, business reentry programs. We have a six-month um, paid returnship uh, program where we have technical professional professionals who've been out of the workplace for a year or longer, where we help them reenter the workplace. And so far, 99% of our participants have been women. So that's been really exciting. Um, so those are some of the things I think we can do, Tom. You know, Kitty, you mentioned uh, the vice president earlier in our conversation, Kamala Harris. How important is it to have women in high-profile places to serve as role models for other women and young girls? Um, it, and I'm thinking, uh, you know, there are, what, three, I think, uh, Supreme Court justices 
currently that are female and and there are some other women in in leadership roles but how important is it to have those high profile positions it is critical um my mom always says you can't be what you don't see and so from my perspective it is absolutely imperative that we have women in all types of roles um, to to show people what's possible. I remember growing up, um, and I grew up in a small town uh, in Georgia. My role models were uh, nurses and teachers. That was it. You know, you rarely saw a female doing anything, you know, other than teaching or working in a hospital as a nurse or nurse's assistant uh, when I was growing up. And it was not until... And secretaries and telephone operators. Well, for sure, those things, right? (laughs) Um, You know, and and plant workers and restaurant workers, you know, all of the traditional... Uh, roles, but but the the thing that was always um, inspiring for me was that people around me, the people that that formed my circle, my support circle, always challenged me to look beyond what I could see. Um, they 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 inspired me to read about women that were doing great things and. To really open the aperture, and today we have the internet, right? We we can see what's happening a- around the world when it comes to the great strides women are making. You know, we need more women CEOs. We need more women scientists. We need more women astronauts. Um, you know, I think uh, in in government we we are seeing great strides. And that's because of the voices of people, right? That's right. what we, exactly. the, the people collectively want to see. So now, I'm I didn't, excited about, um, yeah. I didn't mention earlier that you're the executive sponsor for the Atlanta Global Women in IBM Initiative, and you also serve on IBM's Black Executive Council. When you talk about diversity, whether it's gender or race, is is it the same mindset is it a lot of the same tools or are are there different um, strategies depending on the group you're trying to be inclusive of I think you always have to be sensitive to the needs of the particular uh, demographic right Um, what women need I think is is often different than what, um, you know, blacks may need or Hispanics may need or uh, Native Americans may need or Asians, you know. And one of the things you have to be particularly in tune to is what's happening in the world, you know, outside impacts. And you have to really monitor and stay awake, right? Stay aware of the things that are impacting each of those different groups of people. Um, you know, a year ago, 
um, with, and well, not even a year ago, but with the, the, the George Floyd issue and, and many others surrounding it, you know, we, we rallied around the black community. We rallied around what we needed to do to be empathetic to, to that community and how we needed to support them, which was very different than what we needed to do for women, which is very different than what we need to do for Asians today as, um, you know, as things heat up in the media and in the world around um, the negative impacts to our Asian community. So I do think it's not a one-size-fits-all. Size Some things you can rinse and repeat, but there there needs to be a specific playbook for each of those scenarios based on the needs of the community. Now, this study, is it available um, to the public, or, or was this done with a specific audience in mind? No, it's out there. Uh, you can go to www.ibm.com forward slash IBV for more info. So it's there, and, you know, we want everybody to take advantage of of uh, what we've learned and hopefully um, learn some lessons and try some new approaches so we can move forward uh, as, as a unit, as a society. Well, my guest is uh, Kitty Cheney-Reed, Vice President of Enterprise Operations at IBM and co-author of IBM's Women, Leadership, and Missed Opportunities Study. Um, Kitty, it's it's been uh, really a pleasure to talk with you about this. Um, was it a coincidence that this report uh, came out during Women's History Month? So not much is by coincidence. Right? <laughs> uh, this was definitely in celebration and and um, also in recognition of Women's History Month. We um, always want to make an imprint on on the world with anything that we we do, um, and I think the timing was perfect. So I'm delighted to have been a part of this study and delighted to have been your guest today. Um, thank you so much. Well, thanks, Kitty, and keep up the good work. Thank you. Have right. a wonderful day. Okay. Bye-bye. That was Kitty Cheney-Reed from IBM. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight <laughs> Fashion Radio for the new generation. The Tom Sumner Program.com. The Tom Sumner Program.com. The Tom Sumner Program.com.
Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination? A COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Start your weekend early with the Tom Sumner Program every Friday live at 11. We turn the spotlight on the world of arts and entertainment featuring artists from music, TV, and the movies. Catch everything from the rich local talent pool in and around Flint and Genesee County to up-and-coming stars of stage and screen, plus legends from New York and Hollywood. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hoppa. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zonjic. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is... This is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Start your weekend right. Go to 11 Fridays on the Tom Sumner Program. Those hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the back. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. 
the Tom Sumner Program.com. Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. I was, uh, I was watching television, and it was a John Wayne War movie. I guess they're all John Wayne War movies. But, do you ever think how close we came to losing the war if he hadn't been with us? <laughs> but uh, I, I don't want to tell you the plot of the thing, because I hate people to do that. But uh, we win it, you see. Now, my problem is that uh, I want to start talking about airplanes right now, and there is no logical way to get out of what I was talking about and talking about airplanes. <laughs> and you should always tie things in together. So I will try this. In the war movies, they always had that one shot of the dogfight with the airplanes. Speaking of airplanes... <laughs> I recently flew out from uh, Chicago, and I, uh, I don't enjoy flying at all. Uh, I'm one of those ones, first of all, who gets on stoned, you know, <laughs> right away. <laughs> Secondly, I usually sit in the lounge, and I whimper all through the flight. <laughs> and I, I look out the window, and I turn to the guy who's sitting next to me, and I'll say, this Flying is really amazing. I said, the people, they look like ants down there. And he'll say, those are ants, you idiot. We haven't taken off yet, you know. <laughs> but anyway, there's a, there's a logical explanation for why I don't fly. I took a non-scheduled airline one time. I was in the Army, and I wanted to go to Hawaii on a three-day pass. I... <laughs> I didn't have a lot of money, and they were running ads at the time. Uh, and one ad read, take a chance <laughs> on the Mrs. Grace L. Ferguson airline and Storm Door Company, see? <laughs> so <laughs> it gave an address, and I went out to this address, and it was this woman's home. <laughs> and she had a little counter set up in her living room, and uh, we had to go up to the John to weigh our baggage, I remember. <laughs> Then we all got in her Volkswagen and she drove us out to the airport. <laughs> we got aboard this DC-1. <laughs> After we were out about two hours, a captain came out. He gave one of those addresses they all give. And I'll never forget it, and this is why I don't fly anymore. It came out like this. You're the navigator, you ought to be able to figure out where the hell we are. Uh, good evening. I'd, uh, I'd like to welcome you aboard the Mrs. Grace L. Ferguson Airline and Storm Door Company. Uh, I don't know how much you know about our airlines. We've, uh, we've only been in business uh, about a week. Uh, our airline was uh, founded on the philosophy that what the American public was really looking for was a low-cost overseas transportation. Uh, we have attempted to eliminate what we call in the airline business uh, frills and extras, like uh, maintenance and, uh, <laughs> and radar and 
a whole bunch of, uh, of, uh, of technical instruments up in the... Um, Boy, have, have you ever had one that hangs on for about four or five days? I don't, I don't mind the headaches too much, but it's that damn double vision that just... Oh, uh, incidentally, I want to apologize for uh, your having to stand all the way. Uh, if I can give you a little tip there, every uh, oh, half hour or so, you want to alternate your arms through those uh, straps above your head. Uh, you, f you folks flying tourists, you don't have any straps. <laughs> so uh, don't, uh, don't bother looking for them. Well, uh, we're going to have a little drill in a few moments uh, <laughs> by our, our two stewardesses, Trixie and Bubbles. Well, I'm sorry, Miss Watson and Miss Savage. And uh, they'll show you how to put your life jackets on. Uh, there really isn't that much to it, but a lot of people uh, get them on backwards. And, uh, well, that way you're going to wind up with your face in the water. <laughs> uh, if we should have to ditch, you'll, you'll receive plenty of warning uh, because our co-pilot becomes hysterical. <laughs> And he'll, he'll start uh, running up and down the aisles, uh, yelling, uh, you know, we're going to crash or, or something like that. Uh, actually, he gets, he gets kind of panicky, and it, it isn't always too easy to understand him. Uh, at least it hasn't been in the past, anyway. <laughs> So if, if you see him running up and down the aisles uh, and you can't make out what he's saying, uh, you, might, you might slip into your life jackets to <laughs> be on the safe side. Uh, I'd like to answer some questions that you may have uh, about the airline. It's uh, the woman right here. Ma'am, if I may, I'll repeat the question so everyone uh, can hear it. it. If we should ditch... How long would the plane remain afloat? Is, is that the, was that your question, ma'am? Uh, <laughs> golly, that's, that's awful hard to say, ma'am. <laughs> uh, some of them go down like a rock. You know? And then, I don't know, for some reason or other, others will stay up for, oh, two, three minutes. It's, uh... <laughs> Sir, if I may, I'll get your question next. I want to get the gentleman's way in the back there. S Sir, could you kind of speak up a little bit? I can't hear you over the roar of our engines. Maybe, you know, if you just... Oh, wait, they stopped now, sir. Harry, the engines went out again. <laughs> it's uh, the third button on the left, I think, here. <laughs> hold, hold it, Harry. The cabin lights are going out. Uh, uh, try the third button on the right. That's got him. That's got him. 
you want you want to try that question again, sir? <laughs> sir, I'm sorry, I still can't make out what you're saying. Oh well, sure, all right, all right, you can try it that way; it may work. First word. Sounds like running. <laughs> sounds like racing. Track and field. Ran. Oh, it sounds like ran. Uh, man. A lot of man. A whole bunch of men. Oh, men. Men is right behind you there, sir. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I took your question ahead of this gentleman's over here. Uh, I really have to get back in the cabin now. We, uh, we have it on automatic pilot, but uh, well, the damn thing keeps kicking in and out all the time, and uh, <laughs> we never really know if it's on or not. Oh, uh, one, of the, one of the reasons I came out here, I nearly forgot. Uh, have, have any of you ever, ever been to Hawaii before? This a gentleman right here? It's, uh, it's kind of liver-shaped, isn't it, sir? Sir, as, as we're coming in, uh, would you mind very much uh, stopping by the cabin and kind of <laughs> pointing it out to us? We sure appreciate it. Thank you very much. I hope you have a very pleasant trip. Thank you. Thank you. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. comes along that's spreading like a plague and POTUS and his lackeys have been nothing if not vague. Well then you've got to trust the CDC and listen well unless you want to bid our free society farewell. There is a super bad transmittable contagious awful virus and if we don't act quick and social distance it will mire us in a stretch of quarantine that lasts until July. A super bad transmittable contagious awful virus and if you got a better cough in your arm and if you got a better <coughs> now back in 1918 influenza had its run but half the docks were busy overseas with world war one today we have mass media and scientists to say if you don't want this virus well then stay six feet away super damn important that we practice isolation because we are asymptomatic while it's an incubation will overwhelm our hospitals if there's not mitigation it's super damn important that we practice isolation if we don't do it, then we're all gonna die. If we don't do it, then we're all gonna die. And so I hope at last you'll take this lesson here to heart. Cause it's already scary and we're only at the start. If you get bored, just think of the immunocompromised. Who can't go much of anywhere unless it's sterilized. Oh, super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. If we don't act quick and social distance, it will mire us. In a stretch of quarantine, the lesson to July. A super bad, transmittable, Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. You pilots, get off of my lawn. We're trying to do a radio show down here. 
It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here. <laughs>